Hello and welcome to the Get Involved Referee Podcast with me, your host, David McDonald. And as always, I'm joined by ex-grade one officials, Des Roach and Steve Conroy. Gentlemen, how are you? Very well. Very well, thanks. Excellent. Listen, guys, most weeks we spend our time scrutinising the referee decisions across the SBFL, but it's all becoming a wee bit too familiar. So let's take a, a, a different look at a different thing. Well, see a different thing. It's not very different to what I normally talk about, but we're going to talk about VAR. And we're going to go back to April 2022. That's when the SPFL clubs approved VAR use in the Premiership. So let's just cover what VAR is. It's very simple. Video assisted referee, as we know it, was introduced to assist on field referees to eliminate clear and obvious mistakes that can be missed by officials in real time. VAR is brought into play during these four scenarios goal, no goal, penalty, no penalty, direct red card, mistaken identity. If action is needed, when a clear and obvious error is spotted, three scenarios can play out. One, a decision can be overturned on advice of VAR, on field review, where footage is checked and referee ignores the VAR advice. So the SBFL received the necessary 75% of votes across all 42 clubs which enabled them to forge ahead with the VAR technology in April last year. Total costs for the introduction of VAR and the Premiership were anticipated to be around £1.2 million per season, which means that the Premiership winners will pay approximately £195,000 per season, with a sliding scale to 12 clubs which will pay around six to £7,000. Des, do you think clubs will be regretting voting in VAR technology, as well as having to take a reduction in their prize money? I think certain clubs will be um, maybe looking back at it now and thinking, was it the wisest choice at, at this minute in time when we're getting so many teething problems uh, and getting some disparity in the way the, the application has been been put into games. I think that they have to they have to have it. Obviously we've got to move forward as a as a top footballing nation. We've got to have this technology available to our game, available to, to our referees. But as we've said all along, VAR works, the technology works. Sometimes the referees interpret interpretation uh, is maybe just a little bit askew from what others believe and how others think it should be. It should be as I think we can all reference quite a few scenarios this year where VAR has let down a particular team uh, as opposed to not letting down another particular team but it has to it has to be here it has to be here for us to to have any credit within the game yeah I think it's I would say is that a success yet is it a failure I would say at this moment in time it's not proven you say it works didn't work on Saturday no clearly there's no foolproof measures put in play to anticipate a potential breakdown in communication between Clydesdale House and the referees which could have been an absolute disaster if there was a decision that had to be made yeah we were told that it was a foolproof system if, if and we actually covered it in one of the questions what if VAR stopped working what if the technology broke down and we were assured that there was a, a backup system ready to seamlessly take over now I know it did come come back but if something major happened in those 10 minutes that VAR was down, then the games have been played under different auspices. The the decisions that are getting made and the opportunity to get the decision right is entirely different between the two semi-finals. So it's not correct and it's not foolproof. Yeah. Steve, Neil Doncaster said that the SPFL chose not to be an early adopter of VAR technology to allow time for teething issues to be ironed out by those leagues who adopted VAR early. He also went on to say that he believed it was the right decision that VAR will help referees to ensure tight decisions are more often the right ones and will support a higher standard and more consistent level of decision making. Do you think that's been achieved? No, 
um, simple answer. Um, and I think Des and I, and not want to blow our, our own trumpets, we said right from the beginning that this was the, the way that they've done it to roll it out mid-season was basically throwing our guys under the bus. And it, it has, and so it has turned out. It hasn't improved consistency. It hasn't produced a better class of refereeing just now. And I don't blame the referees. It's the auspices that they are working under. Goodness knows what has been said behind closed doors about defining what what the the way that decisions are being scrutinised. What's what's a handball? What's not? What's a clear and obvious mistake? It's clear and obvious to me. I think that they haven't defined what clear and obvious is because one week things are being referred to the bar, the next week it's not. Now we don't know what conversations go on between the on-field team and the the bar team, but it needs to be consistent. It just makes us look. It makes us look, frankly, incompetent that from one week to the next, we've got absolutely no idea what the decision is going to be and we'll get absolutely no idea what protocol and procedures that uh, are being called into. We, we said, again, that it was to avoid teething troubles. We said that we get the exact same teething troubles as every other place that brought it in. And again, that's come to pass. The only way that, as Des says, there's, there's no way around it. If, if we want to be a modern, grown-up uh, association, we need to adopt the, the technology. It should have been run in the background with nobody knowing what the, the outcome of the decisions was other than the referee team and the SFA. They should have been filling in their crib sheets. They should have been saying, yep, I would have referred that to... VAR, VAR should have been recording it and saying, yep, I would have overturned it. I would have asked them to come to the monitor. All that should be going on in the background during this season to uh, allow it to bed in and to hopefully get rid of those teeth and troubles. If there was a wrong way of doing it, this is exactly it. Des, we have seen a drop in standards and the level of decision-making is far from being consistent. Do you think the SBFL and SFA need to address this with an emergency meeting with clubs? I think there should be constant dialogue between the SFA and the SPL because obviously it's the SPL's competition and they, they organise it and they run it. The SFA provide the referees to officiate within that competition. So they should be talking um, all the time. I certainly think that uh, having a refresher course for the clubs and for the referees certainly wouldn't be a bad idea given that in the past couple of weeks we've seen some slight modifications of when the, the technology has been used compared to what we've seen at the start of the season. They always say it's good to talk. Of course, as if you can communicate your perspective and you can communicate what the expectation of the referees are and what the the dialogue that they're having and what they've been instructed to do and follow it to the to the letter of the law, they can do this behind closed doors. They can do it behind closed doors. But I feel that the fear the SFA would have for this is that as soon as and I've mentioned it previously, as soon as they put out something official to the clubs in private or publicly and saying that we're expecting referees to follow this checklist of, uh, uh, of how to apply it, as soon as one person gets it wrong or goes rogue or does, does something that's not there, the, the blame will come back to the SFA. And a hard point of it all the time is education and teaching people how to use things the correct way. And the SFA will, will not want to speak. Now, we've seen in the last couple of weeks that Kenny Clark's come out and spoke and Willie Young's come out and spoke. Now, they're members of the referee committee and they've tried to give some form of explanation. But there's nothing official came. That's them giving an opinion. That's them giving something on a radio show and something in a, in a newspaper. We need it from the top. And as long as eggs are eggs, they will not do it. I certainly don't think so. And I'm sure Steve will agree with me that they will not put out a statement to confirm how this should be done. They've done it at the start of the season. They've said what it should be applied for. And then they just ran off. Mm-hmm. I've not heard anything since it's came back in. 
Steve, before the introduction of our Scottish referees, we are fully on board with the innovation and we are overwhelmingly supportive about VAR. But do you think the referees are regretting this now? No, I don't think it's a, a light that the, the refs want on them. But it's, we've always been under scrutiny. We've always been criticised. So it doesn't matter if you bring in a new piece of kit. We're still going to be scrutinised and we're still going to be criticised. I don't think that there will be a single ref who doesn't think that VAR should be brought in um, for reasons that we've talked about before. That Again, if we want to be a grown-up a grown up association and take part in officiating at World Cups and Euros again, we have to, uh, the, the bottom line is that we have to use VAR. That that horse is bolted, and there's no way of there's no way of changing it. I think the refs want as well consistency. They want to be told and taught and mentored in the appropriate way of of using VAR. And I I know that there will be some, and probably the older ones, who wish that VAR was never needed because again we we've, we've said VAR is not a panacea. VAR does not get rid of human frailty. So long as humans are involved, there will be mistakes. Footballers make mistakes. We make mistakes. But VAR needs to, I was going to say, needs to sort itself out. It's an inanimate object. The people who are in charge of VAR need to sort out what we're using it for. As Des says, the technology works. We are human. And so far, we have been making mistakes with it. Steve, what impact do you think this will have on referees' ability and confidence? Time will tell on that one. I do think we, we had fears that it would maybe alter the way that referees actually referee a game and instead of making the, the decisions that, that should be made in that split second they'll maybe hesitate a wee while because they know that well they would have thought that VAR would be there to uh, to sort it out so VAR shouldn't be involved we've said it before shouldn't be involved in the pernickety it's there for the glaring mistakes that we all make and it's there to sort out those glaring mistakes but sadly it seems to be that They've, they've looked at one mistake on the field and in my opinion they've made another mistake when they've been assessing it on VAR. It, need, it needs to get sorted out. But no, that, that horse is bolted. It's it's here to stay. Des, VAR was initially brought in or at least sold to the audience as a way of correcting howlers. If anything, we've probably seen more howlers in recent months than we've ever seen. I agree. Yeah. And things that you would expect to see given as a penalty and which is the, the most contentious one because it's the one that's been spoke about more often handball in the penalty so, area. Just let's take last weekend into consideration. You've got the Jackamacus, who's all over, Kamarnock player. You got Willie Collum, who doesn't normally hesitate to point to the penalty spot. He didn't point to the penalty spot. You've got VAR official assisting Willie to make check on these errors. Clearly, he sees that and thinks there's nothing in that, or at least you know Willie doesn't have to go and check the monitor. Most of us seen it even in real time, first time, that looked like a blatant penalty. It was a striker's tackle, he's literally all over him, he's, he's clumsy, he'd probably admit it himself. You then go back to the Friday night as well, you look at Hearts versus St Mirren, you know, ball comes into the box, comes off the arm of Hearts player, St Mirren don't get a penalty. But that's just one weekend and I've not even really delved into all the other games. It's not going away. I don't know if it's a case of do we need IFAB to reword the rules because right now it's subjective it goes back to if you look at Marcus Rashford from Man United last week was he interfering with play or not that, that's a question and that's subjective at that present moment in time I think everybody looking at it now looks and goes there's no way he's not not interfering with play he is so you covered a covered a number of points there the Giacomacus penalty against uh, Kilmarnock now that wouldn't have looked out of place at Murrayfield he was he was all over him and I know for a fact through speaking to, to friends that Kamarnock are very unhappy that that wasn't awarded. They're extremely unhappy, in fact. Willie Collum seen that. He, he he was looking at it. There was actually quite a lot of space around. It wasn't as if the 
uh, Celtic player and the Kamarnock player were, were crowded by players. So Willie had a clear view of it. If Willie didn't see it, and goodness knows only only Willie can tell you that he's genuinely never seen it. The TV replays that we see, the VAR TV cameras they'll get, they'll probably have more than we were getting at that moment in time. So whoever the VAR official was has to be, must 100% be saying Willie, giving advice, I think you should come and have a look at it. Now if Willie doesn't want that advice and doesn't and is quite happy with his original opinion, so maybe it. But the VAR referee has to get him across. If that foul had taken place 15 yards further up the field to play into towards middle, I can guarantee you 99% of the time that's that's given as a free kick. That's all day long. He's all over it. The St Mern Hearts one is probably a bit more more contentious. In my viewing of it now, I would be given a penalty for it. The Pauls travelled a sort of fair distance. Declan Gallagher swung it across. The Hearts players tried to turn his body away, but it struck his arm. We've seen the ones given against Matt O'Reilly and Bernabe this year, which were a lot less obvious or a lot less blatant than that. So I'd be expecting a penalty there. And uh, the cherry on the cake for, for Marcus Rashford, how is he not involved in active play? The pass is played to him. He has ran. It's almost like a, like a curling player. He's almost sort of ushering the ball towards Fernandes and playing that one that I'm not going to touch it. But he's causing confusion amongst the Manchester City players. He's causing confusion with the Manchester City goalkeeper. That is involved in active play. It's offside. And I can see, I've seen a few comments in the English media. Keith Hackett, certainly the ex-PGMOL head, he's now come out saying, yes, that should have been called as offside. Steve, I go back to the description of VAR in the opening of the podcast, which says that VAR is to assist on-field referee to eliminate clear and obvious mistakes that can be missed by officials in real time. Why did Kamarnock not get a penalty in your eyes? What's VAR looking at? Clearly looking the same as what we were watching, but why did they not deem that a penalty? Uh, the honest answer is I've got absolutely no idea. It's we, we you know, you, you, you talk about uh, degrees, whatever phrase you want to use, stone wall, barn door, dead cert, that that was a penalty. I have got absolutely no idea what VAR saw to confirm Willie. Now we've all made mistakes, so Willie could have just missed that, um and, and we're all human. But VAR looking at it on the telly. There's, there's no, absolutely no excuse for that not being called as a penalty. I, I, I would love to hear somebody's argument to say that that was a fair challenge. We're, we're being generous by saying it's a forward tackle. It was just, it was just a foul. You know, he, he didn't try to kill him, but yeah. it was a foul. Um, and if that happens on the, the halfway line, you give it. But if that had been called, even by VAR, if that had been called as a penalty, guaranteed we would not be discussing that incident. Nobody would have given it a minute's thought. Yeah. Some people might have argued, oh, it was soft, and you know, blah, blah, blah. Nobody would have been arguing the toss that that wasn't a penalty. And the, the Rashford one, the, the worst aspect of that, I think, is initially when the FA tried to talk their way out of saying that the, the, the decision was correct. How could anybody with, with a brain try and argue that that was not offside? It's staggering. Absolutely staggering. Do you think, Des, that referees now at Willie Collum looking at that decision and going 95th minute League Cup semi-final I don't want to make that decision but as a backup plan they've got VAR there they're going to make it for me because I'll be honest if I'm in a a situation where there's a lot of pressure you get a critical decision to make but you know there should be a foolproof backup plan there I'm going to go I'm not going to give this I'm going to rely on VAR checking that and then making that decision for me or me give me an opportunity to go and check that again because he has the right to go and check that again so, and have a look at it I mean it's uh, yeah why, why wouldn't you want to do that 
Well, knowing Billy not being shy of giving a penalty and not being shy of jumping in and, and, and making unpopular decisions, I was absolutely flabbergasted that he never gave it when it was such an obvious decision. And also, given the, the current season that Willie's presently having, and it, like we've all said, it, it's not been his best season that he's, that he's ever had, I would certainly be thinking, if something's happened to you, I want to have a look for myself. I wouldn't be relying on VAR to tell me. I would be almost be telling VAR, can you have a look at that? Can you let me know? I would really hope that referees and assistant referees are not at the stage now where they're scared to make a decision and they're, they're, they're relying on, well, if I, if I don't make it or I get it wrong, it's going to get checked. Well, it's clearly been seen that it's not been checked and it's not been checked correctly because it's a it's a penalty. It's 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 staggering, absolutely staggering. If I was Willie in that position, I would be one hundred percent making the call and making the making the communication. What happened there? Let me know, and I would be wanting to go across and verify it because all you're doing now is you're just making yourself look incompetent and look foolish. Steve, I'm not having, I'm not having a go at the referees here. More the technology, but do you feel our game is being refereed at a level of incompetency never seen before? Every every generation of refs is told that they're worse than the, the generation that went before. We had it, the people coming after us had it. There, there's certainly, of late, there has been lots of inconsistencies, we'll, we'll leave it at that. But I don't think, and maybe you know, time, time will tell eventually, but I think that this season has to be looked in isolation just because of the technology, its introduction, its teething troubles if we're going to be polite about it. And basically the fact that we just don't know how to work this technology yet. The, the, I don't think you can you can read anything into the competency or the the excellence of this uh, current crop because it's it's a season like no other, and I don't think that our refs were going to come out of it unscathed, as we've said many a time. So no, I don't think we can, we can cast any aspersions on them just yet. But but what a season uh, that this this has been. One of my initial worries about it. Now you and I operated with a fourth official. And we would rely on our fourth official to get the sort of on-field uh, area in front of them covered and made of communications. You've now got two assistant referees, you've got your fourth official, you've got your VAR official and your, your assistant VAR official. One of my initial concerns was, is there too many voices, too many, too much information being given to the referee? And that's almost a confusion element to it. I would always rely on assistant referee for an offside or throwing, etc. or a fourth official to pass me information now there are just so many people. I think I'm. I'm not sure, Steve. Do you think that could potentially be? There's there's too much information. Yeah, I mean, I can only imagine what what the noise must be that that's coming through to you for, for decisions like that. Is that adding again? Who knows? But it's certainly a season like no other. But it was bad enough at times, um, and we were we were in the generation days that, that first got mic'd up, and that was really weird to get used to. But adding in all these other voices and the potential for people to say you know go, go and go and have a look at the uh, the telly to, to review this it must be must be confusion it must add to it but again you know hopefully given time that will become natural to them the same as uh, making up is but you know what whatever the, the, this will be a kind of historical piece that somebody can look back on and uh, <laughs> and write papers on it because it's it's just everything is happening this season Des, referees have always made mistakes and fans have always been unhappy with their mistakes. Well, that's just the game that is. But do you think VAR has introduced a new discontent amongst fans? 100%. I do not talk to any supporter of any team who doesn't have a complaint about VAR. And it tends to be when you go into work on a Monday morning, you're having a cup of tea, cup of coffee, the first thing they'll speak to you, you would come up and say, oh, did you see the, 
Liverpool game, see the Rangers game, Celtic game. They'll say, "Did you see that decision?" It tends to be mm-hmm. the first point of the first point of conversation. And as we've seen as the last couple of weeks, we've seen English TV and radio. It continues for a prolonged period of time, and it's all down to VAR. So this uh, this wonderful piece of technology certainly has changed the landscape of Scottish football this year. I agree with Steve. I think we've just got to ride this season out. As much as I don't agree that we should have had it at all this season. Neil Doncaster saying that we're not going to bring it in early in April, then straight away we've got it in 12 games into the season. I think that's a piece of nonsense. They should have just done it properly, done it right, made sure everything was ready to go. We've came this far, it's not going to go away, it's here to stay, and they've invested so much time and money into it. This year, they say it's a, it's a rocky road, but just strap on your seatbelts and hope we don't fall off. I suppose there's questions to the two years, and you, you might have answered that slightly there, Des. So... What is the answer? I mean, I don't think the SFA or the SBFL have gone too far down the wormhole of VAR that they can't make an executive decision and hit the pause button or become leaders and remove VAR completely until IFAB rules take into consideration the new refereeing demands. Is that something you think the governing body should be looking at? Hit pause, let's let's pause VAR for this season, let's iron out the issues or let's just remove it completely altogether and, until there's discussions because this won't be led by the SPFL or SFA across Europe, across the world, it won't be but it will be led by leagues south of the border English Premier League, biggest league in the world they're still getting it wrong they've not ironed out the issues that they had years ago there was a couple of weeks ago Liverpool when their cameras malfunctioned or didn't pick up the offside we've got the Rashford incident it's week in and week out down there this is not going to go away they've had years they've injected unbelievable amounts of money into it it's not solved the problem so should the SFA and SPFL go jump let's take a lead on this let's remove it from our current game because it's not making it better there's discontent amongst fans it's just it's not enhanced their game any I agree it's not enhanced their game it, it certainly hasn't but no I don't think we can pause it that, that we're, when it's reintroduced and let, let's not forget that you know that this is worldwide and you know there, there might be a bar too something might come from it but we have to be we have to be with the world but it's it's not enhanced it but I think if you pause it now and it gets reintroduced we just go back to the beginning again the problems need ironed out absolutely they do but they need ironed out with the technology in place IFAB needs to change its rules. I can't believe that they've got clauses that let off uh, Goldson for that handball or possibly let off Rashford for that offside. There can't be a choice of words that make that in the least bit debatable. Um, they were both they were both wrong. And whether you agree with the Goldson one or, or you don't, there must be black and white. There's a word in that tells you how you're meant to call that. But you, you can't pause it. As I said, the horse is bolted. Uh, we need to be part of the world. Now, if the English FA or the English League say, no, we're, we're, we're chucking it, if the Spanish League say we're chucking it, then we, we need to we need to follow suit, I think. But Scotland breaking away and doing it, no, I, I don't think that's going to make it even worse. I think, in my mind, that's going to add confusion on confusion. It's here and we need to ride out the storm. But why would that add confusion, Des? I mean, you're removing a technology that failed on Saturday, Sunday, that has brought discontent to the, the game. It's brought additional stress. You know, there could be clubs relegated off the back of it. It's, you know, it's, I'd imagine the SFA and SBFL have got major headache from it. If England, like Steve said, decide to ditch it, we would follow suit the next day. Why can't we be leaders and go, do you know what, right now we want to focus on referee development taking them up to the standard that, that they should be without introducing this additional element into the game I think there's one before Des answers before uh, before you, you answer Des I just want to t- uh, disagree with you slightly David on one point VAR hasn't failed the technology hasn't failed 
the humans involved in looking at it have failed. VAR itself is just a piece of kit. And when you look back on the incidents, it's shown the incident fair and square and absolutely clearly. VAR hasn't failed, but we have. So we need to bring Steve Conroy and Des Roach out of retirement, that what you're saying? <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think there's as much chance of that as Santa Claus walking in here in two minutes then. <laughs> Why wouldn't Scotland break out and, and be the be the leaders on this? For one one reason, they're not brave enough to do something like that and stand alone. I really don't, and I'm sure Steve would agree, Scottish FA would not put their head above the parapet to say, do you know what, things aren't all right, we're going to pause it. It, 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 it won't happen. It will take for a, a, a La Liga, Bundesliga, it, the Premier League to, to try and enforce this along the way and say, right, let's set it. I don't think they will stop it. Uh, I don't think they should stop it because all it will do is push the same problems on a wee bit longer. That will still come back. It's still going to be the same people using it. It's still going to be the same people operating it and still be the same people who are officiating in the matches. Do we need new officials that are uh, to, to, to overtake these ones? Well, I think this year, and I'll give the SFA credit here, they are introducing a lot of younger referees. So they're using the technology just now and they'll be the ones that are going to continue with it and carry on and, and get through this apprenticeship, maybe for a, a better a better word on it. The I feel as if I say it every week, it's not the, it's not the kit. It's the application of it and the interpretation that the SFA are giving the referees to do it. I've seen so many incidents that is just blatant and it's blatantly wrong. Why though? Why is that so difficult? Because as a football fan, I'm sitting watching it going, that is a blatant penalty. You've got the referee in the pitch who might have spotted it. Might, his vision might have been obscured by another player. Anything could have happened. Wasn't in the best position. Fans sitting at home can see it. The referee, if he's seen it with his eyes or if he wasn't obscured, he would have seen it. But somebody sitting in a control room looks at that and goes, nah, I'm not even going to send the referee over to look at that. So where that comes from is from IFAB. Now, the, the IFAB um, committee only meet once a year and it's the four home nations and FIFA who are there. They make the laws. They make the wording of the laws and they've changed the wording of the laws. So what we used to think was, go back to the Conor Goldson one. Yeah, every day it's a penalty kick. Every day it's a penalty kick. And you can't tell me that the Rangers supporters knew about the clause within the handball rule that if you go to protect your face in a short proximity, then you get away with it. No, they didn't. I never, I was very unaware of it, mm-hmm. as most people were. You're now looking at the, the handball rule. It doesn't have the word deliberate in it, but it does say if the ball strikes your arm, you take the chance of being penalised. No, it should be, have you deliberately played it or have you accidentally played it? Like a foul, if you deliberately went in and kicked someone or deliberately taking someone out, yes, a caution. See, it was accidental and you couldn't control yourself with that situation, whether it be for conditions or what the scenario was, then fine. It should be the exact same for handball. I would say that the only contentious decisions that have came this year, or maybe not the only, the vast majority of the decisions that we are having inconsistency about is handball. The run of the mill fouls, okay, Willie's Willie's had a howler there at the weekend. because um, that that is just that's just poor refereeing and poor VAR operating because it's a it's a foul. But we're not seeing as many of those being wrong. It is the the handball, did you deliberately handball hitting you from behind your back? These kind of things. It has to come down to the IFAB wording and what the referees are being expected to deliver on. Because if they don't deliver on the wording of IFAB, which is the international laws then they're not doing their job correct and the SFA won't use them. Well, surely, Steve, that's the that's where the emergency meeting has to come from then. It needs to be UEFA, FIFA, sit down with the governing bodies across Europe, the world, and, and get the the wording changed, shall we say, 
from these IFAB rules to give us clarity and consistency? Oh, absolutely. And I've got absolutely no doubt that the English and Spanish and the Germans, are, well, certainly the English are, uh, you know, examples at the weekend. And if it's happening in Spain and Germany, the big guns will uh, will certainly be telling IFAB what they think. And that's, you know, that, that meeting is every year. So the emergency meeting, you know, that's, that's already planned. But I would imagine that there'll be a lot of people putting in emergency agenda points to, to talk about this. And IFAB are the only people that can change it. It's their ball. They're the only ones that have the power to change the interpretation of handball, to change the wording of it, to change the interpretation of offside, to change the, the wording of it. They're the only ones that can do it. Well, it'll be interesting to see what that meeting will look like this year. We've got representation on it uh, yeah. through Crawford, the head of refereeing. And with our refereeing committee, I mean, Steve, there's a lot of few lawyers in there as well, who really uh, guys who know how to word things properly. So I would bloody well hope that they are already putting all this in place to, to have it amended because it's a world game we've got to apply it over the world at this minute in time it's just complete gobbledygook Is that not a problem yeah, we have though having lawyers doing wording I mean they're lawyers at the end of the day not referees I will maybe go for a school teacher and a, a doctor eh? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah between us we would have a very simple wording I think you can rest assured on that one <laughs> uh, That's it we'll put, we'll put, we'll put the worlds to right eh? Uh, no doubt we're probably talking about VAR this time next week if you want to join and get involved referee you can do so via Facebook Instagram and Twitter and we look forward to chatting with you guys again soon thanks very much